Welcome, everybody, to Whiskey and Wino. Welcome. I'm not uh, drinking wine this week because I grossly miscalculated a kid's birthday party mm. on Saturday and bought way too much um, hard seltzer and beer. So I'm going to be <laughs> drinking that for a little while longer. You turn on my printer, I think. Oh. Turn off. There we go. I swear to God, it never does that. And then I get on with you and it's like, hey, hey, baby. Yeah, I just have that effect. Yeah. Your chair also squeaks. <laughs> but no, I, I get what you're saying. I, so, I'm actually drinking Sprite, but that's because I just had like 50 shots of whiskey with my husband. Goodness. And I told him, I have to stop drinking. I have to do a podcast, and it's all about me today. So, man. It is. It's all drink. I'm drinking a mango strawberry hard seltzer. Ooh, that sounds yummy. It's quite tasty. It's Ashland. It's a local to San Diego hard seltzer. It's pretty good. It's not sweet. Just throw it in my face. I I went to Walmart and spent $250 on groceries. Stop squeaking your chair. Go get some WD-40. Sorry. I'm upset, so I'm squeaking my chair. Your chair is mouthing off. (laughs) Why not? Everything else in this house does. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, my fridge stopped working or my freezer. Oh, no. It just rotted all of my freaking oh, meat. That so sucks. It it does suck. I um, had that happen the first time I got married because I've been married so many times now. <laughs> the first time I got married, um, we we were freaking poor as fuck. And when we got, you know, you get all that cash when you get married. And we spent like $300 on groceries. Like we just stocked up on meat and everything. We just like went crazy. And the fridge broke a week later and we had like our wedding cake, you know, the top. Not that anyone wants to eat a year old cake, really. Yeah, I did not do that. But all the food, everything. We had to throw out everything. It was awful. Yeah, it wasn't so, mine wasn't so bad because. The meat that was in there, I had got on a really killer deal. So I was bummed, but it wasn't like I, you know. But still. It was, it was probably only $20 worth of meat. It was just like three or four pounds. But I paid a repair guy to come out today, and he's like, well, everything looks okay. If I was going to guess just from the noise you said it was making, it's the compressor, which is $800. Holy shit. But right now he said it's cool. Everything is, you know, he did the diagnostic and I'm like, okay, cool. So I'll just wait and see like, bye. I'm not doing that. You so I buy pay. a new fridge for that. I know I had to pay him for the service call. Cause I didn't end up using whatever. So it was 80 bucks, but I was like, okay, great. So it's working now. I guess we'll just wait and fucking see. Yeah, you could buy a whole great fridge for 800 bucks. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. I know because I've looked them up because we don't own our own fridge. And we had a really shitty fridge here. Like, it's really small. And I've looked into them. Oh, this fridge so, eight years ago was three grand. I know, but one, technology is advanced, so it would be cheaper. But, yeah, I didn't say you had to get the state of the art, Miss yeah. Prissy Pants, up there on Golden Hill. Well, you know, I have to have water that comes out of the fridge. That is mandatory. Okay, but you could get that for 800 bucks. You can get a really nice fridge. 
I don't believe you. Wow. I don't believe it. Okay. You're elitist. You're a frigid elitist. Yes. Well, you know, I have, I have needs out of a refrigerator that I don't think $800. I think when I was looking just in case yesterday, actually I had my middle son was all on it. He was like looking at Costco and he was on Wayfair. He loves to shop. He found me one that That's would. That's why I love him. Yeah. He found one that was $1,200. It was actually a really nice fridge. But still for, okay. $800 to fix an old fridge or just buy a new fridge for $400 more. I mean, oh. It, if if it's the air compressor or the whatever compressor he said in the freeze in the fridge, I'm buying a new fridge because yeah. then it gives you a warranty. Like fuck that, I'm not spending. Yeah, that agree. And exactly. I asked him. I said, so how long does a refrigerator normally last? Because I don't remember my parents ever getting a new fridge. Me neither. And that's what he said to me. He said old ones like 80s, 90s, they'll last you know 50 years. These wow. new ones, it's about six years. And I was like, what the fuck? So I'm on borrowed time, eight years. I was hoping so to get like 12 well be, years. Well, see, I have one from the 90s or 80s. Fuck, who knows? It's really small. Yeah. My daughter has that fundraiser and all this shit comes out next week. Oh. And like I have to house like 25 pies and breads and shit because people that bought it, I have to deliver it to them and it's all frozen food. Oh. And my freezer is like an old school literally 80s freezer yeah you gotta go get like a a I meat freezer or what do you do delivery on this day like we're gonna drive all the way to erie and hit everything in between and yeah, people are getting their shit i'm showing up yeah um bask do you guys have baskin robbins out there yeah they used to at least when i worked there 100 years ago they used to sell dry ice like it's you can funny, and get Christian, I'm like, we should get some dry ice. You can just get one of those foam coolers and just throw stuff in there with the dry ice. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a choice. We can't fit because I don't have a job still because I'm still a loser. So I had to compete in something. So I competed to see who could sell the most frozen shit. Yay, I won. And now I have like $500 worth of frozen shit I got to fit in my freezer for one. Did you put that on your resume? That you fundraised the fuck no, out of but I'm going to start telling people, like, I need a job so bad. I'm always on the cusp. I'm so over it. Hmm. I'm just, meh. That's a bummer. And You'll get a good one. Then I write 800 pages of notes for our podcast. I'm excited to hear about them. And you have no starting... idea how much I cut out. What? Oh, how much you cut out? Yeah. I thought you were telling me I cut out. I'm like, I oh, wasn't no. even talking yet. <laughs> Hold on, I got to look at my source because it's the same book I use, but I should probably tell you guys again because I don't remember anything. And I'm not trying to do a Metallica song. That was like the beginning of one. Oh. I don't remember anything. Okay, anyway. Don't sing it. We might get sued. Metallica <laughs> wouldn't do it. Well, they might. <laughs> that was Metallica. I'm sorry I did that. Um, I forgot what I was looking at for a minute. What am I looking at? Oh, oh. I remember it. I'm on Amazon shopping. My bad. That's your default <laughs> when you pick up your it phone? Literally. My husband's just like, you keep telling us we're broke. And then I had to get this book. So I was hoping I beat him to the book. But it was for the podcast. It's an encyclopedia of spirits, demons, ghosts, genies, like everything. Wow. It was like super expensive. And 
we didn't have the money, but I was like, I have credit cards. But I was hoping to beat him to it. I go, this is for the podcast, babe. He's like, well, you know best. I'm like, exactly. Oh, that's. I know best. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just easier for him just to accept it than to fight it. Sure. I can't get this stupid. Okay, here we go. Okay. So my main people are, the name of the book is UFOs in the White House by William Brines and Joel Martin. Okay. All right. I got a lot of info from this, but you have no idea how much I canceled out. Like this book is like 350 pages. So when you think I'm like, you're like, shut up. You're telling me everything. I'm really not. This is like the total Cliff Notes version. So some are shorter than others. And I think I have a theory about why. So anyway, we're back to, um, so we stopped at JFK last time. Oh no, I'm sorry. We stopped at Linda B. Johnson last time. So this is Mr. Alien Goes to Washington Part 2. And we're starting with Richard Nixon. Mr. Alien Goes to Washington too. All right. I told you to name the podcast and you didn't. And oh, I, I didn't. Upset. Oh, no. Like, whatever. You know, I'm it's not funny. I don't get to make decisions. I, when I was naming the, po- so I edited, edited the episode and I didn't put it up until a day or two after I had already edited it. And I just refused to go back and listen to figure out what it was that you told me to name it. I knew you told me to name you it something. Me. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not listening. I'm just going to to Washington. Okay. So this I is something Mr. like Alien Washington part two. Meh. All right. Let's hear All it. All right. Richard Nixon. By the way, I stood in line um, to see his body at his library when I was a freshman. Freshman? Why? No, maybe I was a junior. I was a freshman. No, I was a freshman because it was right. It was actually right where I went to Catholic school at the time. We never got near it. Like we stood in line for like 10 hours in the freezing cold and then we just gave up. Mm-hmm. But it's a memory I have. There were so many people online. What was the draw? Just because he was he a died. I know he died. Obviously, it wasn't. It was at his library. <laughs> his body was there. I just meant what was the draw for you personally? Like, why did you want to go there? My mom and my sister. Oh, okay. It was a bonding experience. Okay. I just pictured and you out there. like really good hot cocoa. Oh, yeah. Well, we had snacks. You know my mom. You see, mm-hmm. you see me get on a plane with my mom's food. It's like a whole buffet. Yeah. So. You come okay. by your need for snacks, honestly. For I sure. really do. I'm very snack oriented. I like snacks, obviously. Yeah. What can I say? I'm pro snack. So. <clears throat> Richard Nixon. So as most of you know, Nixon was a president during the moon landings. So, July 1969 is when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin first walked on the moon. One of the earlier uncensored transmissions was the two astronauts talking about a strange light in a crater. They both have confirmed they saw UFOs on the moon, and they have no question that they were warned to stay off the moon. So, here's an actual transmission. Go ahead. They saw UFOs while they were on the moon or the UFOs were on the moon where they landed on the moon. I don't know. Both. Okay. They saw them on the way up there and they saw them while they were on the moon and we'll get there. Okay. If you just let me finish. Okay. All right. God. So here's an actual transmission. This is NASA. 
What's there? Mission Control calling Apollo 11. Apollo 11. These babies are huge, sir. Enormous. Oh, my God. You wouldn't believe it. I'm telling you, there are other spacecraft out there lined up on the far side of the crater edge. They're on the moon watching us. End of Apollo 11. Not end of them, but end of the transmission. Yeah. So later on when they were being interviewed, Neil Armstrong told the interviewer, I cannot go into details except that the ships were superior to ours. And then years later, Armstrong confirmed it was all true, but the CIA wanted to to cover it up. I was going to say convert it. They didn't want to convert it. They wanted to cover it up. <laughs> um, so back to the day, um, back to the day, back in the day, there was this TV star. I'm sure you've heard of Jackie Gleason. Yes. So he was on the honeymooners. He was in some movies with, uh, he was in a movie with Tom Hanks, uh, nothing in common. I think it was called. Uh, well, Jackie was crazy about UFOs and anything paranormal. He is rumored to have spent, spent a small fortune on strange things like a box of ectoplasm. Wow. Ghostbusters. Yeah. So he liked to buy, that's what I think of too. Um, So he likes to buy like weird little, like he would love eBay nowadays if if he wasn't dead. He would love that you could buy haunted dolls and shit. Anyway, and I even wrote, he would have loved our podcast. He would have loved our podcast. No, he's listening up wherever he is. Right there. Up in heaven. With his UFO friends. That's right. He knows everything now. Um, anyway, so he was golf buddies with Richard Nixon. So, of course, Jackie Gleason asked him, hey, what about UFOs? And Nixon said he couldn't talk about it. So one night, Richard Nixon showed up at Jackie's house in Florida and asked if he wanted to take a ride. Ooh. Weirdly enough, he had no Secret Service detail with him. The two men drove to Homestead Air Force Base, which I'm assuming is in Florida. I don't assume they drove like five states away. Yeah. Um, They drove to the end of the base where he was shown debris from a flying saucer. Next, they went to a room with an inner chamber and there were six to eight glass topped Coke freezers. And inside of these containers were mangled remains of what Jackie thought were children. After closer examination... They weren't children, but mangled extraterrestrials that had been in a bad accident. Jackie Gleason's friends and family said that night changed his life, and he never stopped talking about it when he saw what he saw that night. Okay, so we have another president who ditches his detail. I'm beginning to wonder if this is more normal than I suspected. I want to ask Caitlin about what's up with the Secret Service getting ditched by presidents. And also, I kind of agree. Like, could you imagine having to harbor that kind of secret, even as being the president? Like, you might want to be like, okay, I could trust this guy. Like, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna share Let's it. Share like, out, you know, yeah. Okay. So yeah, back to Jackie Gleason, right? And like, he can totally hook his friend up to something he's been asking about forever. Mm-hmm. I would take you if I was president. Oh, me too. I'd take you. Thanks. All right. If we're ever president. It's no, a, we have a deal. It's a pinky promise. <laughs> I have way too many skeletons in my closet. Oh, no. I wouldn't even make it to, like, volunteer. <laughs> City Council of Titusville, they'd be like, yeah. No. Yeah. I, 
couldn't volunteer for Parks and Rec. <laughs> They'd be like, um, no. We don't even want your free service, ma'am. Just, <laughs> yeah. just go. Actually, I did have to volunteer for Parks and Rec one time. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> and when I had to pick up, pick up trash. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, so I'm out on the president thing. <laughs> None of that. All right, so now we're on to Gerald Ford, who was the only president never elected. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Gerald Ford, he was also president when I was born. Anyway, and I've been to his museum. It's pretty cool. Anyway, it has the first ATM machine in it. ATM machine? You did what you hate. I did. I said, <laughs> I said automatic teller machine machine. Oh, I hate myself. <laughs> and you called me out. And you're right. I fucking hate that. I literally just told my mom and dad about this the other day. I was bitching about that. That's so funny. I hate you. And I hate me. It's a terrible thing. Oh. No, I do need that whiskey shot. <laughs> your stupid told me, I'm not bringing up a shot if you ask me for it. I'm not doing it. Oh, no. He will. He, you know what's right. Right. <laughs> I know what's right. Yeah. Okay. So Gerald Ford. So he's the one, he was the Senate minority leader and had asked Linda B. Johnson to investigate the UFO sightings in Michigan, where he's from. So he obviously believed. Towards the end of his presidency, there was an Iranian squadron leader, Major Parvis Jafari, had a dogfight over Tehran. And the incident was monitored by Radio transmission to the United States Air Force Intelligence. Mm-hmm. And it went to a bunch of different countries, just for the record. It wasn't just the U.S. because it wasn't <laughs> Iran. Yeah. Okay. So residents had seen this foreign spacecraft. So the Iranian army set up an F-4 Phantom to check it out. Every time the pilot came within 25 miles of the strange craft, all its instruments would shut down. The 25 pilot- miles? Yeah. That seems extremely I thought so too but I guess in the air it's not that far what's the curvature of the earth isn't oh but because you're up in the air you're asking me well it's like eight miles right you can only see eight miles before the earth you know for all us non-flat earthers yeah all right this is not a science show okay okay I'll call Neil deGrasse Tyson and I'll yeah, would you, would you ask him if he could come on our show and expect yeah. the curvature of the earth to us? <laughs> I thought it was a lot, too, but I actually did look it up, and it says in that it's not that far in flight vision. Well, I, I mean, if you think about how long it takes, like, for me in San Diego to get to Vegas, it's like 45 minutes, and that's like 400 miles. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess 25 miles really isn't that much if you're going, especially in a jet. Like, they're talking about, like, you know, Mach 1 or whatever. What? It's not 400 miles. To Vegas? I don't know. I don't, calm down. I should ask Marquan. I don't frequently drive there. <laughs> no. Marquan could tell you to the minute in the day. Um, okay. So, anyway, he came within 25 miles. His shit was shut down. So, the pilot would remain back 30 miles, and everything would come back online. At one point, another spacecraft the size of the moon came speeding towards him. He aimed his air-to-air missiles at the strange craft, and the weapons control panel went offline. He returned to base, and he sent President Ford and later Jimmy Carter, um, all the intel on it, 
And that guy, Jafari, the guy that was the pilot that all this happened to, he's on all the UFO shows, like UFO hunters and... The size of the moon? Yeah. The spacecraft? That's bonkers. How do do you... Yeah, I don't know if he means, like, what was relative, like, what he saw the moon from Earth or, like, the size of the actual moon. Yeah, I feel like that would affect our gravitational... I don't either. I agree with you because yes, that's what it said. And I was okay. like, okay, well, that's up. This is just his take on it. So yeah. yeah. So Jimmy Carter is next. Um, if you listen to our Roswell episode, our 39th president had seen a UFO when he was governor of Georgia. Because of the incident, when he ran for president, he told the American people he would release all information on UFOs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that didn't happen due yep. to national security reasons, is what they said. But the story goes on. He went to the director of the CIA, who was George H.W. Bush at the time, and asked him for the files on UFOs. He Wait a minute. Said, is this totally common knowledge? Should I skip the class where H.W. was head of CIA? Yeah. I did not realize that. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. Hmm. So you can imagine he didn't tell a lot of secrets. When we get to him, you'll see we don't have a lot of info. Yeah. I'm guessing because he already knows everything and he knows what we're not supposed to know. Kind of puts everything together, right? He clearly hmm. didn't tell his son because he would have <laughs> it all the it's fuck over the place. <laughs> right. He doesn't say a lot too, but for different reasons. Um. So he goes to the director of the CIA, George Bush. Um, and Bush told him that's above his security level. He said above his level as president. Okay. Wow. <laughs> he was told it gets released on a need to know basis and he didn't need to know. All right. So in 1977, Dr. Seth Shawstock, we'll say Shawstock, an astronomer picked up an alien broadcast through a narrow branded audio signal from the radio telescope at the Ohio State University. The Ohio State. The Ohio State. You can listen to it on YouTube. It's about a minute long. I'm not an astronomer, in case anyone was wondering. Yeah. I don't have a clue what it normally sounds like, but I did listen to it. So I don't know what the anomaly was, because to me it just sounded like a lot of white noise. Yeah. But I don't – you can listen to it. It's there. It's not long. Hmm. I just don't know what it means, but yeah. So um, just look up literally. Um, uh, Space noise. I'm sure there's a bunch of shit. Well, 1977, Dr. Sless, radio telescope at the Ohio State. Anyway. Oh, actually, no, it has a name. I didn't get there yet. So the signals seem to come from the constellation Sagittarius. And they still have no idea what it is. It's called the wow signal. It's called the wow signal because when he printed out the anomaly, he wrote wow on it. Oh, my goodness. So it's called the wow signal. And you literally type in on YouTube wow signal and it'll come up. All right. And that's what I did. And hey, (laughs) you can interpret it any way you want. Before the end of his presidency in December 1980, there was a British Roswell. 
The actual event was said to be an actual UFO landing. This event took place at the RAF located at the Reflaham Forest. So the RAF, RAF, we're going to call it, is in the Ranelisam Forest, which is in Britain. It's a British okay. territory. But this particular airbase happened to be where NATO kept a bunch of nuclear weapons. Ah. So the base was technically U.S. territory, but the forest was British. Okay, so, so it's like when the army bases, you're on U.S. soil because it's occupied by the military. Yeah. Okay. Right, but yet you're technically in a different country. Yes. So this is important because the jurisdiction was a big deal. Um, so technically there was a secret base that no one wanted to investigate and deal with the aftermath. So they just didn't investigate it at all (laughs) because neither one wanted to deal with it. That sounds like me when I hear my kids and they just get to be too much. And it's like, "Eh, I'm not even, I don't even want to go in there because it's going to (laughs) blow open a whole thing. Like, I don't even care. Yeah. (laughs) Who cares? It's aliens. They're just like, we're not going to find out what it is. Because if we don't know now, we just don't know. Fuck it. All right. But the ufologists didn't let that go. So come to find out, a lot of different events happened over the days, over days at this airbase. So fast forward to 2007. All of a sudden, all these witnesses give this presentation of the incident at the National Press Club Conference. So on December 27, 1980... They saw these lights in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. So they keep seeing them. So they decide they're going to get a voice recorder and a handheld video camera. Colonel Halt was going to go get to the bottom of these strange lights. So he goes out there um, and the spacecraft descends through the trees and ends up on the forest floor. And there's all these troops that see it. Like, he's not alone. They said it was a triangular craft about nine feet long and seven inches high. With blue and yellow lights. Nine feet long and seven inches high. Yes. What the fuck could be in there? Is it a drone? Maybe it's a drone. Exactly. Or like their little camera. I don't know. Are these so, like six inch high people? Or aliens? <laughs> no, I'm sure like you said, it's more of a drone. Um, so, of course, they had radio difficulties. The air was filled with electricity. So Sergeant James Penniston touched the craft and said it was cold to the touch. Then he copied down the symbols on the surface. Why are you laughing? Because it's, uh, he said Penniston, like Peniston, <laughs> the last name. That's oh all. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I didn't catch that. Penniston, Peniston. All right, Jen. Whenever you hit that. <laughs> So after 45 minutes, the bright object zoomed back up into the sky in a blink of an eye. I wrote in a link of an eye, but I'm pretty sure I meant blink. Probably. Um, at least 80 people witnessed this entire incident. Wow. The next night, the same craft landed at a nearby farm. So two weeks later, Colonel Holt turned in the incident to the U.S. Air Force. And that was that. Quick tidbit. For a UFO to be seen as credible, you need four prongs. One, you need multiple credible witnesses. Two is documentation. Three is physical trace evidence. And four is a bizarre government reaction to the ev- event. 
So those are the four prongs to make an actual theory that people will take you as a UFOologist, take you seriously. Is that for real about the government thing? Yes. Funny. Um, And he says that you can hear the recording that Holt took. You can also look that up on YouTube. Just look under Colonel Holt and you will find it. Hmm. And it's him. He's documenting it. Yeah. You can hear his reaction. I doubt he's really making it up. You know, why make up something like 40 years later and make your whole career sound like you're a kook, you know? Well, I was going to say most of the time, I mean, generally speaking, people who go into the military who are in positions of power, they're not hired for their acting abilities. You know, they're no. they're like, a, this is the facts, you know, scientists. What we do. yeah, and they're they're order driven. You know, I mean, the military, it's you get yeah. an order, you follow it, you do whatever you're not. You're not looking to make waves. You're not trying to make right. a name for yourself. You are a unit with your military people. Like you don't want to stand come out. out older because and they always like I want the people to know what's out there. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's funny. Like they never seem to come off to get payment and all that. They're just like I want people to know. Well, yeah, because they're they're like you said. If they've got a whole career, if that's their whole life, and they've got 25 years of good service behind them. To come out and say, this is what I saw, you could essentially erase your entire yeah. name just Absolutely. by saying something. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, exactly my point. It's ballsy. Exactly. Did so many of them do it? I feel like it's kind of got to be legit because, yeah, it does ruin the career. So now we're on to Ronald Reagan. He's super interesting. <laughs> so I see this pattern here. So... <laughs> It's a, is it a coincidence that so many presidents have seen UFOs? No. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Sure. I just, I think that's weird. Well, because most of them are in the military. So, like, a lot of them have that's flown true. jets and, like, have been in that's combat. That's actually a really good point. Although most of them, I mean, some of them have seen them because of the military. And I'd say, like, the other half, they've been in a plane, it seems like. Um, it's not like they were sitting out in their backyard and were abducted right (laughs) as far as we know maybe so reagan was apparently fascinated by ufos as well he claimed to have seen one in 1974 when he was governor of california he was on a plane and asked the pilot to follow the bright light he observed they followed it from sacramento to bakersfield before it took off into the heavens Hmm. did they have flight clearance for the path (laughs) i wondered that too i was like can you just tell the pilot? He's like, sure, sir. We're following it. Okay. <laughs> right. Agreed. Like we have a kind of thing that we're on. <laughs> yeah. Just follow random lights. According to actress Shirley MacLaine in the 1950s, she told Lucille Ball that the Reagans were driving to PCH or on PCH, which is Pacific Coast Highway in California. Mm-hmm. When a UFO landed in front of them, and told Ronald Reagan to quit acting and go into politics. Wow. Because of this wild tale, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, who owned Desilu Studios, mm-hmm. was the initial producer of the Star Trek series. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't either. That's interesting. That is interesting. Also, the they did it because of Shirley MacLaine's story. Yeah, well... I mean, it makes if you're going to look at Ronald Reagan, if you're going to believe that and look at his success after, you might as well believe the aliens. That's a good point. But I was going to say, 
Um, you know, a lot of people say that why do why do UFOs land in certain places? And and kind of a running theory is that they land where there's not a lot of light. So they avoid big cities because everyone says, oh, why is it always like country bumpkins that get right? You're not going to land middle of fucking Los Angeles. Exactly. So just for people who don't know, the PCH runs right along the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. So if an alien like Oregon. Yeah. If an alien was going to land outside of, say, L.A. or San Diego or San Francisco, this the PCH would be right pretty much two lanes the majority of the way yeah so it is California beautiful (laughs) beautiful drive if you have time yes it is gorgeous um but yeah so I was like that's wild Mm -hmm. um didn't uh, expect to hear Lucille Ball's name in this episode (laughs) and that I I've never heard that they produced Star or Star Trek. I'd never heard that. I hadn't either. I'm not a big Trekkie, so I'm I, not either. I'm not one. It at doesn't all. surprise me that I didn't know it. But. Right. Maybe I don't know. I feel like that's something I would have heard at some point, but yeah. Whatever. So supposedly there are transcripts from President Reagan learning about UFOs. The secret meeting took place at Camp David. It starts off. The United States has been visited by extraterrestri- extraterrestrials since 1947. That's huh. Roswell. That would be Roswell. Yeah. During a storm in July 1947, two ET, ETs, whatever, spacecrafts crashed outside of Roswell, New Mexico. In case you hadn't heard that. Or Corona. <laughs> For those of you oh, in the know. Corona, right. <laughs> Corona, New Mexico. The U.S. Army found both sites recovered all the debris and one live alien. So the brief stated that the debris in the bodies of the ETs wound up at Wright Field in Daytona, Ohio, which would be Hangar 18. That's where your that dad, dad Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the aliens were called EBEs, extra biological entities. Cool. They were described to Reagan having no similarities to humans except for their eyes, ears, and mouth. Their internal organs are different. Their skin is different. Their blood wasn't red, and their brain was totally different. They also had two sets of eyelids. Oh, lizard people. <laughs> lizard people. Don't lizards have two eyelids like sharks? I don't know. I was like, when you said that, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. But it makes sense. Like crocodiles have it, you know. the. I don't. But I love crocodiles and alligators. Yeah. Well, they have. Kind of badass. All right. You know, I don't know. Now you got all shy about it. Like I don't Maybe they're alien. Well, I don't know. Octopus. I mean, I don't know enough about it to, like, tell you about it. I the just Octopus wanted... um, documentary won last night at the Oscars, and I thought of you. My, my teacher, the octopus? Yes, and now I feel I have to watch it. I haven't watched it either. Well, I, I mean, I think I might now, though. I didn't even know it existed until I read this morning. It showed up in my Netflix, Things You May Like, because I watch every documentary that's ever been Oh, that been makes out, sense. So. I was like, it did not show up on Netflix for me. Yeah. They don't that's know about real. my fascination with octopi. You're watching Captain Marvel and that's cool true. action stuff. That's a good point. I do. They don't know where I'm going. You want to hear something weird, though? The chick yeah. from Bridgerton that made the, the main chick, I can't think of her name. I don't know her name. But on the show, even Daphne Br- Bridgerton is her last name. <laughs> and 
Okay. Her real name is Phoebe, I think. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. I think I saw she's dating somebody. She's dating. Yes. She's dating. The SNL guy? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's weird. Just thought I'd point that out. Okay. They don't put those people in boxes. They're absent. Apparently, people really like Pete Davidson. Like, apparently, he has quite a big um, personality. (laughs) (laughs) All right. They probably kiss his stomach a lot. <laughs> Mr. Peniston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Grow up, Jen. God. So, anyway, they had two sets of eyelids. The EBEs that lived, that one that lived, told them that he came from a different world in a star system called Zeta Reticle. Okay. How did they communicate? Do they know English? Oh, obviously, they told Reagan to quit politics. Is it? I don't know if it's. I, I'm going to guess it's like telepathy. Yeah. It's approximately 40 light years from Earth. This Zeta reticle. Reticoli? I can't see if that's an L or I. I think it's an I. Whatever. It sounds Italian. Whatever. Zetas. It's probably Greek. Zetas. They have, they have Greek. I thought reticle alphabet. Is, um Italian, but you're right. Zeta is definitely Greek. Uh, The alien told them it took nine Earth months to travel from Zeta to Earth. They continued to brief Reagan and tell him the aliens mean no harm to Earth or its people. However, the government realized there might be more life on other planets and other star systems. Duh. Because the government and church leaders know this information would be a threat to religious institutions, resulting in panic which could destabilize societies to protect this information. They came up with a plan to safeguard this information. Okay. Hold on. Don't they know that people who are that serious about religion, who it might break their brains if they find something out that doesn't conform to their religious views, they just ignore it. I mean, look at all the people who have the religious views where the dinosaurs don't exist and they take their kids out of school so that they don't. brought an alien down and was like, hey, say hi. I mean, you know, we can't also bring up a dinosaur and have it roar. All we can do is find fossils and that's not good enough, apparently. Well, what I'm just saying, if if, if people want to disagree with it enough, they will find a way to make it not true. That's probably a smaller percentage than the ones that would just be like, holy shit. But I don't believe that just believing in aliens means there is no God. That doesn't mean he didn't create other planets. It, true. Or Absolutely. maybe he's the ruler of like our planet, but like there's different gods for every planet. We don't know. Maybe God has brothers and sisters <laughs> and right. they've got a planet for their 16th birthday. I mean, right. who knows? At 18, you get a planet. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens. I don't see why evolution and religion can't go hand in hand. I agree. That's just me. Um, Let's not digress too much. (laughs) (laughs) But this is what's crazy. So, right, they're protecting this information from us, right? Because we're going to, we can't handle it. We can't handle the truth. No, absolutely. So it's called Project Dove. It's a series of operations by military intelligence agencies to disinform the public. The first cooperative, cooperative, yeah, 
venture was the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still. This was a venture between the U.S. Navy and the movie industry. President Reagan supposedly asked if the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind was part of this venture. The briefer answered yes, it was, and provided the basic subject matter. So we kind of talked about that in the Roswell episode. Yeah. Or might have been previous president. I don't know. So Steven Spielberg was the director of that movie, right? Yes. So did he know that he was part of this machine or did they just give him a script? And like, I don't know if he gets writing on the screenplay or not. I don't know enough Um, about it. I've seen it. E.T. came out after. Wait, we'll get there. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. We're talking about Close Encounters of the Third Guide. I know, I was wondering if that was like a makeup, like they're friendly, you know. Okay, so apparently Steven Spielberg did a pre-screening at the White House of E.T. Um, Spielberg says in an interview for Ain't It Cool News that in the screening room was President Ronald Reagan, his wife, Supreme Court Judge Sandra Day O'Connor. By the way, it was her first week. And some astronauts. first week. Yeah, it was her first week. Movie screening. Um, and some astronauts, including Neil Armstrong. So at the end of the movie, President Reagan stood up and said, there are a number of people in this room who knew everything on that screen is absolutely true. The whole room laughed like it was a joke, but he wasn't smiling. Uh, well. And that's all Spielberg will say about any of it. That could go two ways. It could. I mean, look at what happened, what, how the way Reagan responded when he was shot, like after, like he's a very kind of in different situations, what can be accused of a kind of dry sense of humor. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, it could have been taken either way. I'm like, I don't really find that they said he, that he wasn't joking, but like, I don't know. It seems like a joke he'd make. Well, it's possible that he didn't look like he was joking. I mean. Yeah. Maybe he just farted. We don't know. Well, and maybe he just was kind of like Nixon, where he knew certain things and kind of wanted to tell someone and couldn't tell them for real. So he told them. They don't know if you're joking or not. Exactly. Leave them guessing. But he at least feels like he shared something. So now we're on to George H.W. Bush. So, like we told, so Bush was the director of the CIA. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to be briefed on anything because he already knew everything. So on November 30th, 1989, a woman named Linda Nelapano, I'm probably so fucking far off of this name. I want to <laughs> say Neapolitan. It looks like Linda Nelapolitan, whatever. All right, Neapolitan. That's fantastic. <laughs> She's a little she, chocolate, little strawberry, a little uh, vanilla. Still a little everything. I mean, she is in Manhattan here. So yeah. she'd been abducted by aliens from her apartment building in lower Manhattan near the Brooklyn Bridge. Wait, she was abducted in the city? Yeah. That's unusual. It's super unusual. And it gets weirder, which is why I would even bring this case up, because it sounds kind of out there. It said that the beam shot through her window and abducted her. She was a young mother and dragged her through the window. But, like, it didn't break or anything. Like, she just, like, went through it. Yeah. So why do you think Bush would care about this particular abduction? Like, that sounds pretty far-fetched. Maybe he was trying to make a poll to constituents (laughs) in lower Manhattan. I don't know. 
I don't wow, know. that was deep. <laughs> so the United Nations Secretary, Javier Perez de Cular, had not only witnessed it, but also been abducted at the same time. Oh, whoa. He was being escorted by two Secret Service members. So if he had been kidnapped, it would probably have reached President Bush that the United Nations Secretary had been kidnapped in our country. Yeah. So the extraterrestrials told him he was he was abducted so they could demonstrate climate change and how the Earth would one day become uninhabitable. So supposedly they took him to this island. I didn't go into the full details here. But since that he was the secretary of the United Nations, they figured he might listen and that he could warn all the other nations. Oh, well, that tracks. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. Unfortunately, Javier denied this entire story um, after a little while. I'm guessing that Bush knows how to keep a secret, so we don't know anything else that really happened during Bush yeah. era. I just feel like, you know, if the aliens were trying to warn us of something dire, they could maybe send multiple ships to multiple different people to say the same message at the same time so that it's like kind of undeniable. Like every president of every country or every dictator or every leader of every country got the same message at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that's fair. If it's about global warming and hey, your your Earth is going to be uninhabitable, you guys need to change. Perhaps not just tell one person <laughs> in the lower Manhattan and expect it to be told. Well, you should have a talk with them. So now we're on William J. Clinton. All right. So it's been said that Bill Clinton asked the Associate Attorney. Attorney, <laughs> attorney, attorney general Webster Hubble to find out two things: who killed JFK and what the government knew about UFOs. So he reported back to Clinton that those are carefully guarded secrets that even the president doesn't have access to. Aww. So I have this feeling that if you ask, they won't tell you, but if you don't ask, they'll update you. Oh, I don't know. Like it seems kind of funny. Yeah. Um. I guess uh, Bill was very upset. I call him Bill now. Um, Could you imagine, though, if Bill Clinton was like, you know, this little guy in Arkansas, like, I'm going to be pre- like, I want to know about UFOs. I'm going to be president. I'm going to, you know, study super hard. I'm going to go to, <laughs> you know, but he go to Yale or whatever it is, you know, go to all this stuff make my whole life's goal to get to president so that I can find out about the UFOs and the aliens. And then as soon as he does it and he's like, fuck yeah, walking into that oval office, like fucking tell me everything now. Like I've worked my whole life for this. And they're like, sorry, Mr. Clinton or president. It's above your level. We can't do it. But no, I, it's above your level. Like I'm the president of the free world. Yeah. What do you mean? It's above my payroll. I'd be really insulted. So at least until 1997, just a little background. In 1997 was when Hale-Bopp, the comet, was flying by. Mm. Also was the mass suicide of the cult Heaven's Gate. Yes. So on March 13, 1997, a lot of people were observing the night skies, trying to get a glimpse of the comet. Right. So more people than usual were out looking at the skies. Not like a normal day. Yeah. So 
folks on the border of Arizona and Henderson, Nevada, reported seeing six orange lights in a triangular pattern. After Kurt Russell was flying his private plane to Phoenix, when he saw the strange orange lights and a description of a large metal triangle, he reported it to air traffic control. They told him they could not identify the source of the lights. These orbs were seen by thousands of witnesses. These orbs were like cruising the streets of Phoenix. Like re- people reported it from their cars, their balconies, their yards. Like it was just all over There's the place. Quite a few videos of this too, I believe. Yes. Cause I There's remember that. videos. Oh my God. There's a shit ton of videos, photographs, you name it. Everything's out there. One of the witnesses was a governor of Arizona, Fife Symington. Wow. That's a name. He called Luke Air Force Base and was told they had no military craft in the area. So these lights were deemed the 830 lights. That's what they call them. Because at 1030, a second set of lights showed up. Residents started calling the Air Force Base and were told once again they had no military craft in the air. Okay, how weird, though, is it that you would get a definitive answer from a military installation where they would say... a special rocket right now. It's all good. Wouldn't they all... I'll throw it up the chain of command. I don't know, you know, or at the very most, not that I'm aware of, I will alert my superiors or I will ask someone. There's no end in the military. There's no one like the buck stops here. There's no one at the end. It's just, I'll, you know, pass it up the line. line. And you're absolutely right. So yeah. And the residents call and be like, Oh yeah, let me just tell you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, we absolutely don't. Don't worry. <laughs> You're good. It's just a UFO. So months after the incident, Luke Air Force Base said that the lights around um, the lights, the lights were ground illumination flares. No. <laughs> but yeah, people are like, no, that's not a thing, at least in the air. But there were so many witnesses. So I wrote Ute was on the local and regional news. I don't know what it was supposed to say. Something about the UFO, I'm going to guess. So people claimed to see this V-shaped object. A city councilwoman, Frances Barwood, tried to open an investigation, and she got ridiculed in the press. They called her Beam Me Up Barwood. She had never said it was UFO. She just wanted to know what the strange lights were that no one was talking about. And how so th- odd it's this. I feel like if anything is going to tell you that the media is controlled by the government, here it is. Cause wouldn't I, the media want to be like, yeah, Barbara, you fucking find out these UFOs. Yeah. Like what were these lights that we all saw? And she never said like, Oh, it's a UFO. I'm going to go find these aliens. She's just like, I want to know what they were. Yeah. She just said, well, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Her people, her district is calling on her. Right. Right. So instead, they decide to make her like the butt of the joke. So the governor had a news conference on June 19th, 1997, where he was going to explain the lights. And he invited Councilwoman Barwood. He then proceeded to have his chief of staff dress up in an E.T. costume yeah. and laugh about the entire incident. What a dick. Yeah, it was a dick move. So this was really strange because Governor Fife wasn't known to have a sense of humor. He was said to be a real serious guy and that he decided to mock the investigation because the whole world was descending on them. And he wanted to lighten like the atmosphere, like, you know, to Hmm. say it wasn't a big deal, everyone. 
So people were pissed in Phoenix because all these people had seen it. They yeah. were just like from all walks of life. They all described the exact same thing. So then Fife revealed that he did talk to the Air Force base and they said no comment, but the sky's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So supposedly the F-15s were set up, sent up there to record the lights and they sent it to President Clinton. Incidentally, Fife received a pardon from President Clinton in 2001 for bank fraud, but people say it was because the governor helped the government cover up the incident because <clears throat> I guess he didn't even ask for the pardon, but he was given the pardon and then changed the story on. Okay. But a presidential <laughs> pardon could mean his fingers were sticky in so many other things too. Oh, like I understand sure. the UFO thing, but also perhaps there were other government employees that were part of this embezzlement or what did you say he was? Right. Bank fraud. Bank fraud. Perhaps there was other like government employees that if they were, um, you know, fingered or whatever, that they would it would bring down a whole, you know, level of government or something like to say that it's just UFOs. Oh, right, right, right. I'm not sure. Like, I'm it, it definitely screams someone else was involved and something it was a cover up of some right. sort of something. I'm not sure it was UFOs, but it definitely, you know, it takes a lot to get a fucking pardon unless you're yeah, a target. Oh, does it? <laughs> True. So George W. George W. Bush. Mm. So here's what's funny. Uh, he's, he's very, it's very short. George Bush was asked about disclosing all the information about UFOs to the public. He said to have pointed at Vice President Dick Cheney and told to ask him. <laughs> That's a hundred percent. Like I told right? you that makes so much sense. So in Roswell, 30 ca- cattle were found dead under mysterious circumstances. Um, a few days later, VP Cheney showed up in Roswell. The cows had been checked for radiation poisoning, but found nothing. The cows had been drained of their blood but the vets couldn't find anything wrong with the cows, but the removal of their gums, genitalia, and inside of their eyes had been removed. Yuck. But that was that. That's that's it on George Bush. That's what okay. happened during his. So, let me just, I'm just throwing this out there. I feel like, and this is a wild theory, but with George Bush Sr.'s stoicism and tight-lippedness, I almost feel like he could have raised George Bush Jr. to look like an idiot and be super smart on the inside and be able to cover up those sort of things by looking like perhaps. I think that's why Cheney was there to make sure he didn't say anything. I feel like he was his like his keeper. Yeah. His like gatekeeper. But did you ever watch like, I mean, did you watch? Of course you did. Everybody saw it. When Bush was given the information about, 9-11 in uh-huh. 2001 when he was reading that story book. Uh-huh. He was surprisingly calm, calm about it and stoic. Like I could, if it was a matter of national security, like Your if it was the director of the CIA. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like he of all societies. He can be blank faced if necessary. Well, that's why so, there's nothing on the bushes. Like, yeah. Literally. 
Yeah. They never spoke about it out loud. Nothing. Like, it's there were things that happened on their watch, but... Yeah, it's always been interesting to me, George Bush Jr., whether or not he was the moron or if he just played the moron, you know, because that's what he was instructed to do or because he felt that that's what he needed to do or whatever. But I don't know. I might never know. So now we're on Barack Obama. Apparently, as Obama came into office, there were many, many UFO sightings near George W. Bush's ranch. I put George W. Ranch. (laughs) (laughs) George W. Bush's ranch. (laughs) That makes me want ranch dressing. Um, In Crawford, Texas. The lights became known as the Stephenville Lights. These lights were caught by a slew of people. They had video camera images. You could look it up on YouTube. Tons of pictures because we had cell phones then. You can Google all the pictures and there's some on Facebook as well. So. All these witnesses said there were all these weird lights in these formations and that they had F-15s following them. It wasn't just a one-night incident. This happened at various times on various days. Hmm. Um, And the local Air Force base, of course, said they didn't have any training going on. But later they came back and basically were like, wait, we did. We forgot. Sorry. So Obama lived, he was in Chicago, right? So nowhere near Texas. No. So it just no. was happenstance that they were near the Bush compound yes. or whatnot when exactly. he was elected. Okay. Yes, that was the, the big deal. Um, another strange incident occurred at the same time in Needles, California at 3 a.m. on May 14th, 2008. A local resident named Riverboat Bob, which I wrote <laughs> Riverbot, but it's really supposed to be Riverboat because I can't forget a name like Riverboat Bob. Oh, my God. I I live <laughs> to have a nickname like that. Not Riverboat Bob? And Riverboat, have everyone know who you mean. Riverboat Jen, but, like, you know, something <laughs> like that where it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So he so saw he a flaming turquoise object streaking out of the sky, hitting the ground near the riverbank. So Bob pulled his boat over. I don't know if it was a riverboat. <laughs> pulled his boat over, thinking it was a meteor. So within minutes, the sky above riverboat Bob was filled with double rotor helicopters and a large helicopter with a crane lifting the object off the ground and then it flew away. Whoa. He said the object was approximately 30 feet long and bulky like a tanker truck. Luckily, riverboat Bob was not the only witness or we probably would never have heard this story. Yeah. (laughs) Frank Costigan was a retired LAP captain, LAPD captain, former operation head at LAX. So he's like pretty important. Like he has some training. Incredible. Yeah. Especially on flying objects, being the head of operations at LAX. He was in his backyard looking for his cat. He also saw the turquoise object fall and was listening for a crash that never came. The next day, residents in the small town of Needles were inundated with black unmarked utility vehicles and one very large truck that had a very large dome over it. A radio correspondent named George Knapp came to town to investigate the strange trucks and found out what happened. He said he was confronted by the men in black who threatened him. You know, I know when they start throwing shit like that, then you're like, I can't credit you now. No, I don't give a shit about the men in black and I don't care about whatever, all that stuff. What I, what bothers me the most 
is the fucking government not being able to be inconspicuous. Like, get some beater cars with a little <laughs> bit of rust stains and fucking drive around the town like you've been there before. Why can you not blend in? Like, what do you have a big ego that's like, hey, I want everyone to know that I'm here? Like, what the right. fuck? And it's a really good point. Or like just a, a regular white semi truck. Like how many white semi trucks have put like Greg's refrigeration on it? You know, who would know? And why do you have to have black? Like, are they there when you land? Do you fly those trucks in? <laughs> like small towns do not have a fleet of black. Well, no, they come from outside of town or they're tracking it themselves. But he says that they threatened him and. He discovered they were from Area 51, but we don't know. But I did. Okay, so this book was written during Trump's presidency. So they talk about him a little bit, and I tried to look it up. But Trump's so all over the place. And since he hasn't written a book yet about his presidency, that'll be interesting. I don't have have anything derivative that I could have put on Trump, so... I don't have any interviews. You know, I guess Donald Trump Jr. was really into it, but we'll have to wait for the book, people. So I'm sorry. I don't have Trump for all you Trumpers out there. Sorry. Donald Trump is a lizard person. He's come. He's a lizard person, so he's never going to talk, just so you know. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll be the first lizard person to go on the record. If he hasn't already talked, to be quite honest, I feel he doesn't know. That's Because I feel like he would be super in our face about it, especially now. Do you think you could be a lizard person and not know you're a lizard person? No. Like, what if your mom didn't tell you you came from a sh- like an egg instead of a vagina? <laughs> well, I suppose it's possible. You're funny though. I mean, my kids don't know where they came from, so they could be, you know, lizard people coming from natural eggs. I've seen V. Yeah. It was a very popular miniseries in the 80s when they uh, had miniseries. It was redone. It was redone. It was yeah. not the same. Yeah, it was not the same. It wasn't bad. It was bad. pretty cool back in the day. Well, I mean, it was not Roots or anything or North and South, but it was pretty good. Well, there's our presidents then. And I guess I until, all the presidents. Woohoo. Yeah, until Trump comes out and gives us his opinion. Yeah. Um, that's then I'll that. follow up and I'll do Trump when I have something yeah to go by all right then all right well bye everybody take care contact us on facebook yeah we'll continue i believe for one more week maybe one more week of alien month yeah alien month alien month so all right well everybody take care of each other and be nice and be good and we love you all And ciao. All right. Ciao. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.